Welcome to the Way Deacon Poetry Podcast. Today we are going to be looking at Dulce et Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks, not need. Coughing like hags, we curse through sludge, till, on the haunting flares, we turned our backs, and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep, many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas! Gas! Quick, boys! An ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling, and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams, you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in, and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face, like a devil sick of sin. If you could hear, at every jolt, the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, Obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie, dulce et decorum est, pro patria mori. In Hamilton Square, in Birkenhead, not far from our school, there is a statue of a soldier, but unlike a typical war memorial in which the soldier stands tall and brave, this is a depiction of a man sat, his head in his hands, crushed and defeated. You may ask yourself, why would the artist choose to convey such a broken image of a World War One soldier. Actually, the statue is to commemorate Wilfred Owen, the Wirral-born soldier and poet who wrote Dulce et Decorum Est, to tell the people at home about the horrors he had witnessed at war and the terrible emotional impact these had on him. Initially, Owen focuses on the soldiers and what has happened to them as they are ravaged by war. We, the reader, are exposed to the physical, mental and emotional effects as Owen uses a plethora of detailed imagery to create vivid pictures which enable us to share in what he had witnessed. The soldiers are described as bent double, as if crippled by war. 
the simile, like old beggars under sacks, suggests that war has aged these young men, somehow making them old before their time. Beggars evoke sympathy and implies that the men are somehow degraded. Describing their uniforms as sacks depicts how dirty and ruined they are by war. Coughing like hags compares soldiers to ugly witches with a distorted appearance, and coughing shows how the dirty, sometimes dusty atmosphere is affecting their physical health. Owen talks of sludge, which illustrates the muddy, difficult terrain which the men had to manoeuvre in. The adjective haunting conjures up ghost-like imagery, suggesting that the soldiers could not escape the memories of war. We see comradeship with the use of the pronoun our in our distant rest. The men are in this together. What the distant rest may be is unclear. Sleep, the end of the war, or death. The adjective trudge connotes this is exhausted, unspirited walking, which is hard work. We learn men march to sleep, creating an eerie vision of zombies or sleepwalkers. The soldiers were so tired they could barely stay conscious. They are bloodshod, suggesting shoeless, bleeding feet, or perhaps shoes filled with the blood of battle. Seemingly, everyone is a disfigured victim, as all went lame, all blind. We can appreciate how tired the soldiers are through the metaphor, drunk with fatigue. The men appear to be staggering as when drunk, due to extreme exhaustion. At the end of stanza one, the reader is presented with a juxtaposition of gas shells dropping softly. It seems that the men were so used to the noise of the shells that they appear to fall softly. The abnormal has somehow become normal. The repetition of short, sharp words in the exclamative sentence, gas, gas, quick boys, emphasises and illustrates the shock and panic at what is happening. The noun boys reiterates the youthfulness of the soldiers. Owen tells us there is an ecstasy of fumbling, which suggests chaos and confusion. Personification is utilised in clumsy helmets and implies awkwardness. Even the helmets are struggling. Someone, we don't know who, is yelling and stumbling, further depicting panic. This someone is floundering like a man on fire. This simile implies that Owen watched as the man appeared to burn in the gas, comparing his actions to the movement and desperation of someone on fire. In the green sea of this impenetrable gas, the soldier appears to be drowning and Owen can only watch. The following stanza is very short and demonstrates how Owen 
is haunted in his dreams by feelings of helplessness. There appears to be nothing he can do. He can barely express his thoughts. The triplet of verbs, guttering, choking, drowning, further highlight his pain and despair. Guttering, choking, have onomatopoeic effects, mimicking the horrific sounds made by his comrade. The final stanza appears to address the reader directly and confronts them with some violent and extreme imagery. Owen talks of smothering dreams, creating a sense of suffocation, a lack of breath. The violence of the verb flung infers that the soldier is just thrown away without care or respect. Watch the white eyes writhing draws our attention to the pain and torment being experienced. The hanging face is twisted and contorted in pain. Like a devil sick of sin suggests the hellish nature of war. Again, Owen uses another direct address, saying, if you could hear, inviting us to imagine the horror and hear the grotesque gargling of the man's struggle. The adjective innocent reminds us again of the youth and inexperience of these soldiers. A tone of bitter sarcasm is clear as Owen uses the word my friend. We are unsure who he is addressing here. Those promoting war perhaps. He continues this angry tone, referring to the old lie, giving of a sense of his disagreement with the war propaganda, implying that those promoting the old lie would not say these things if they had experienced the war as he had. Finally, the haunting words of the old lie, dulce et decorum est pro patria mori, that it is sweet and glorious to die for one's country, leaves the reader to reflect in silence.